thank you for listening to the Ask the Pastor podcast. This is a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duvall. I'm your host, Thad Yasa, and this is a special episode. This is part two of six uh, about relationships. This was recorded at a relationship workshop for our college and young adults. Uh, This is part two of singleness. Hope you enjoy. And and that leads us to to Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not that because you desire it, like God's just going to give it to you. Because your desire will be him, will be God, he's going to give you the desires of your heart because your desires are going to be lined up with his if you're seeking to walk in obedience to God, he is going to give you the desires of your heart because they're going to be the same as God's desire for you. Not, hey, this is the desire of my heart, heart, God, so you're just going to give it to me. God isn't some magic genie that we just make a wish and it just happens. God works through us to bring us closer to him to accomplish his will. Good. We'll fly through these last ones uh, to give time at the end to wrap up. Psalm 84, 11, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So if he's withholding it from you, at least for right now, it must not be good for you, at least not for right now. That's, that's something I think we, if you're single, you're here, maybe you're discontent in that, Hear that again. If God's withholding it, it must not be good because no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. John Newton kind of uh, exposited the verse this way. He said, everything is necessary that God sends. Nothing is necessary that he withholds. That's a beautiful quote. That's a beautiful promise. Everything is necessary that God sends. Nothing is necessary that he withholds. If he's withholding it, it must not be good right now. And I'm taking uh, Proverbs 14.30 as well. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. It's a great word picture, imagery. Tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Again, grass is greener, approach to life will rot your bones. That's not, I mean, this is, this is gold from the Bible tonight. Not just about singleness and, and marriage and anything. Like, you know, if if, if, if if the glass is always half empty, um, you're, you're rotting your own bones. Fill in the blank. I would be happy if only I had blank. Fill in the blank. Is that in your book? Oh, yeah, it is. Fill in the blank. I'd be happy if only I had blank. Now, I'll warn you before you write anything in the blank. If you write anything in that blank, that's your idol. That is, that is the thing that you're probably at least at serious risk, like Thad asked earlier, like, is Jesus enough for me? Um, if there's anything in your life right now that you feel like, man, that's the thing that's keeping me from being able to, to, to be, have to be content, to experience peace, to experience joy, the joy that God wants from me, that's, that's, the, that's a warning sign that that thing is, is, an, is an idol, something that is more important to you than Christ. Uh, Isaiah, our, our last one, Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by, by my name, I created for my glory. I formed and I made. 
we are formed and made on purpose. Like it's not some accident that all of us were born and that we lived the lives that we have. We were made for a purpose. And the most important thing that we can accomplish here on earth then, because we have a purpose, is to give ourselves completely, as Will said earlier, to telling the whole world about God, that God is truer, greater, more satisfying than our wildest imagination. The most successful career, the biggest platform, or the happiest marriage, none of those things are important unless God's a part of the picture. Like, I could be the most successful youth pastor in the world. I don't even know what that even looks like. Uh, Or I could, like, yeah, like this, right? Or I could have, like, the most money in the world. But it doesn't matter if I use all that for myself if I don't care that God is truer, greater, and more satisfying than that. That idol that Will's talking about, like, that will really destroy you. There's a reason that Steve Jobs had a terrible family life at home because he poured everything he had into his company, super successful company, I have an iPhone and a Mac up here, but he sacrificed his family to get there. And we do the same thing if we put marriage in that category. Like if we're single, we're like, hey, marriage is so much better than where I'm at right now. It'll simply just destroy us. We were made for God. And if God does give you a spouse someday, your spouse should complement you, not complete you. Single people are not incomplete people. Like if you're single, there's not something wrong with you. That's what God has called you to. We need to beware that even if we are made for each other philosophy, like, oh, there's that perfect someone out there. And if I just marry them, my life will be perfect. I will tell you, like in marriage, we'll cover this. Like marriage is two sinful people living in the same house. And it just means sin is just magnified in that. Uh, So no matter what, if we are in a relationship, moving towards relationship, it shouldn't be for completion. We can't find completion in another human being. Only completion can be found in God. A relationship with another person should complement us and help us grow more to be like God. Good, good. All right, quick hitter, uh, takeaway principles that we've already covered mostly, but just to reiterate, singleness allows you to pursue pursue after Jesus. Uh, That's why it's so good. It gives you that undivided devotion and heart that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 7. Singleness allows you to prepare for dating and marriage. That's what we're going to come to after dinner. Uh, The best way to find a partner is to chase after God with your whole heart. And every once in a while, glance beside you and see who's running that race beside you. And uh, that's oftentimes who God has for you. That's, I, I, I love that picture that I've heard people describe uh, of that being you know, the way that you find your, uh, your marriage partner, if that is what God has called you to. Yeah, singleness allows you to serve God in unique ways. Like I was talking about working at that inner city youth center. A good way to think about singleness, if you find yourself in there, is singleness equals sentness. Meaning God has called you to do this because you can better serve him by yourself versus having those other cares or anxieties that Paul referenced earlier. Uh, Just again, spending it 
positive and just look at not spinning, but I mean just viewing the glasses half full. Like this is this is the good calling and gift from God. Singleness allows you to build friendships. Uh, singleness. This is important. Singleness does not mean aloneness. All right. I mean, write that if you're single here tonight. Write that in the mark. Singleness does not mean aloneness. Um, not the same thing. Heightened importance of relationships for single people. I mean. We're going to have Jody come up and share just a, a snippet of her story in a moment. Um, but Jody and I can c- compare. I guarantee you, Jody has more friends, closer friends, d- deeper, intimate connections uh, with other with other people than I do because I've got one friend. You know, I mean that's um, sad, but but kind of kind of true. Will you be my friend? I, I'll be your friend. I've got two friends. All right. Uh, and, and lastly, or almost lastly, uh, singleness allows you to trust God. If, if you find yourself in, in that category of singleness and you're wondering like, hey, am I supposed to be single? Am I supposed to pursue after marriage? Like put the pressure on God and not on yourself. Uh, when Abraham commissioned his servant to go find a wife for Isaac, the servant worried that a woman might not go for the idea like, hey, I'm going to take you from this distant land and arrange a marriage for you in another distant land, and we're going to go over there. And Abraham responds in Genesis 24, 7. He says, The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. He says, hey, you know what? God said he's going to do this. I'm going to put the pressure on God. And we can do the same thing. God, if you want me to stay single versus pursue marriage, like you've got to make this clear to me. Remove desires. Give me certain opportunities that I can't accomplish if I am married. And to go against like, hey, I'm incomplete if I'm single, the, long, the longer you long to be married and aren't, the more likely you are to think that the problem is you, something within you that you have to change or to try something new so that I'm no longer single. But God may be revealing to you that he might simply want you to wait while he works in a miraculous way. Like the fact that Isaac had Rebecca's wife, that some servant traveled really long distance to bring her back. Maybe God's just working in in a unique way. But we wait for God to work. We don't force something to. When we make our own plans without relying on God, that's where we find ourselves either in sin or in trouble or not pursuing after God. And then we won't find satisfaction. And it just leads to heartache and disappointments. All right. Close nine prayers. Uh, This is from Siegel's book, Not Yet Married Life. And we've got a resource list at the back of this workbook for y'all. There's tons of great resources on all this singleness, dating, marriage uh, that that we haven't even been exposed to. But we just gave y'all some of them that we can uh, vouch for. But uh, great book, nine prayers he gives for the single person. Pray not my will but yours be done, God. That's Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, obviously. Um, we should all pray that all the time, but especially uh, if we feel any sense of discontentment in our hearts. Reveal as much of yourself to me as possible while I'm still single. Again, if this is this unique window of, of a more um, undivided devotion and, and relationship between you and the Lord, undistracted, 
then God, reveal as much of yourself to me. Help me grow as much in this window as possible. Uh, See, satisfy me now so fully that I never look to anyone else to make me happy. God, would you be my satisfaction? Would you be my heart's greatest desire, as we said? Uh, D, or four, tell the world about yourself through my joy and freedom and singleness. Again, this is a unique window to, to witness for the Lord. One of the greatest witnesses you can be, maybe, at your college campus, young lady, is by showing the other young ladies around you that you don't have to have, you know, a boyfriend to be happy, and vice versa, guys. Um, yeah. Five, give me faith to trust you even when I walk alone through pain and disappointment. We won't even spend a whole section on, you know, breakups and, and, and that, um, because that wasn't really a biblical thing either, but that's like 80% of my songs on the radio now. So, But give me faith to trust you even when I walk alone through pain and disappointment, heartache, all of that heartbreak. Uh, six, send me the people I need to follow you. We talked about friendships, relationships, the importance of um, you know support system, especially if, if you don't have that kind of two-become-one-flesh-life-partner relationship. Seven, protect me from making work, my God, while I wait for marriage. Uh, Others of us, you know, might not struggle with the discontentment of, you know, that other person being our idol. Maybe just substitute one idol for another, and it's work. And you, you get yourself so busy and distracted with, you know, whether it's your studies, you're in college, whether it's your, your work life and you're out. Uh, but, but we don't want anything to be an idol. Eight, keep me from conforming to the world around me and make me more like Jesus. Uh, think of Romans 12 where Paul prays or, or, or tells the Romans, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians 1 as well. And then lastly, nine, if you have called me to marry, help me to date differently. And that's going to be our our segue to the next thing, uh, set, session after uh, dinner, but before that, I want to invite Jody to come up. So Jody is a longtime member of West Hills, and she can tell you uh, again more of her story. I think it'll be clear why we asked her to be a part of this, and especially this this session. Okay. Sure. Sure. You guys can hear me okay if I just sit down here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, my name is Jody, and I go to West Hills here. I am uh, a single person. I have never been married. And I wanted to just share a little bit of, of my story. And um, certainly I'm around, so if anybody would want to talk separately, just come get me anytime. But, uh, you know, I grew up in a, in a really rural area in southern Illinois. So from a really young age, uh, I was being prepared to be a wife, right? Never did I think I would be here and be single. So I was, you know, I remember getting a, um, a hope chest uh, around eighth, ninth grade, and, and every year I would get more little gifts to put in my hope chest and doilies and tablecloths, and I had a flatware pattern picked out before I was out of high school. So, you know, I was, I was being prepped up to be a wife. Um, what, what that did to my identity was was make it a future state for me. So in my mind, I thought I was being prepared to be Mrs. Somebody or another, 
And so I went off looking for Mr. Somebody or another. And suffice it to say, between high school and when I came to know Jesus in my early 40s, just a whole lot of really bad decisions. And by the way, none of them got me a husband because it wasn't what it was meant to be. It wasn't God's calling or will for my life. So at 52 now, um, when I look back over the last handful of years and, and coming to know the Lord, um, that was really like the first step in understanding what my identity is, which helped kind of get everything sort out, sorted out for me, and what all of our identity is, right? A, a child of God and a co-heir of Christ, and, and as my relationship with the Lord deepened and my trust for Him increased, then my identity just kind of solidified. So now that I have a relationship with the Lord and know that he is trustworthy, like I'm content, life is, life is good. Didn't get there overnight, but contentment is, is, is something that can absolutely be achieved in, in the single life. So um, there's been a, you know, a lot of, of scripture, especially around 1 Corinthians in the seventh chapter. And I'm gonna read just a, a snippet out of the message so verse 7 says, you know, Paul is saying, Sometimes I wish everyone were single like me, a simpler life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives the life of single to some and the married gift to others. So it's clear in scripture, as you know, the pastors were just saying, that singleness is not second place. It took me a long time to be able to say that with confidence and with joy, but it's, um, but it's not. And then in verse 17, where we talk about callings, Paul says, I, I, I don't want you to wish you were somewhere else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place where you live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines your life. So I think it's just really easy in our very coupled culture to um, think of singleness as second place. So I would urge you to not skip the step of really seeking out God's calling for you. What is his marital calling for you? Just don't skip that step. Um, there's a book called Did I Kiss Marriage Goodbye by Carolyn McCauley. And in that, she just writes, you know, your greatest need is not spouse. Your greatest need is to be delivered from the wrath of God, and that's already been done for you. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Remember that you can ask your questions each week at the info bar at West Hills or by submitting them online through our website at westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening.